Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh. Serve fast. Serve friendly. Lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. Welcome to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs. In episode 62, Oscar continues his conversation with Jerry Hale. Jerry Hale played guard for the Wildcats from 1971 to 1975, starting off by being a member of the legendary freshman team known as the Super Kittens. The Super Kittens were impressive, compiling a 22-0 record with an average margin of victory of 32 points a game and having the honor of being the number one ranked freshman team in the nation, according to the Basketball News in 1971-72. We'll hear about some of Jerry Hale's Super Kitten teammates, including Jimmy Dan Connor, G.J. Smith, and Kevin Grevy. Who was the Super Kitten that impersonated the great Kaywood Ledford? And who was the Super Kitten that spent the holidays with Jerry and his family? And who was one of Jerry's teammates that was known as the Worm? We'll get Jerry's thoughts on the administrators, assistant coaches, and you will learn just how much Coach Joby Hall means to Jerry Hale. It's a great window to the past of Kentucky basketball and a great tribute to Jerry's teammates during his time in Kentucky. This is Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs, and his guest, Jerry Hale. Your career's over Kentucky. Yep. Where do you go next in life? For me, I had to go get a job. <laughs> <laughs> but but I realized that my freshman year, when I when I came to Kentucky, uh, a bunch of us went over to um, Blanding uh, in front of Bland outside of Holmes Hall in Blanding or some basketball courts. So we go over there and start playing. Because back then, you know, with all the All Star games, you didn't have what you have now and all the AU teams. We had never played with each other other than Jimmy Dan, Kevin, and Guyette, and uh, Flynn had played in the McDonald's All-Star game in, up in Pittsburgh. But um, I started playing with you know, with Kevin and, and we some pickup games, and then I kind of realized right then is that I'm not going to be playing professional basketball. I need to go do something <laughs> else. So my freshman year is when I realized I needed to do something. So um, I went and uh, started working for Channel 27 uh, when I – got it right out after I got out of school and graduated and, and uh, did that for about six months and then I end up uh, coach Hall came to me and asked me if I liked what I was doing I said well yeah but I said I'll listen to anybody and he said well George Evans uh, uh, who was kind of around the basketball program asked me uh, he said he wants to talk to you so um, I went and talked with Mr. Evans and uh, he owned uh, National Mines Corporation here in Lexington and and I went went to work for him and and uh, Worked with National Mines for 27 years and retired from them. And now you're just getting ready to retire. Retire, yeah. I got kind of my second retirement. I've been out at Keeneland, director of human resources since 2004, and uh, getting ready to retire this August. So, looking looking forward to it. Let's let you tell us a little bit about your teammates, just a line or two of what you remember about them. 
let's let's start out with uh, uh, Marion Haskins. One of the nicest guys ever played with. Family, the nicest group of of, of people, and and we still communicate to this day. And uh, I remember going to his wedding down in Campbellsville when when Marion first got married. Larry Johnson. The, the most hard-nosed guy I've ever played against in practice. He never let up, whether it's practice in a game, had the longest arms, and just would just harass you from as soon as you walked on the court. <laughs> Steve Green. Now, Steve was a walk-on my freshman year, and um, I, can't, I can't recall a whole lot about him, but I just remember he, he was real hard-nosed, a real good jumper at the time. And uh, but that, that's about all I remember on Steve. Rick Rowley. Now, now, when you talk about Steve, you're talking about Steve Green played here, not yes. the one that played at IU. No, no, the one but Steve played I knew here. well yeah. that played at IU. Rick Roby. Rick Roby. Um, Rick uh, Coach Hall came to me uh, when we were recruiting Roby. He said, "I want you to take him around." So uh, I'm the one that uh, took took Rick around, and and uh, we went out. I remember we went out to Keeneland. And, you know, watch the races, and he goes, "Oh, this is great!" He says, "I love these horses," and and some of the jockeys that were from down New Orleans knew him and stuff like that. But uh, but we had a good time, and then we went to dinner that night, and then I uh, took him over to SAE House to a party, and uh, had a good time there. And then he ended up signing, and uh, we ended up living together in the summer and so forth, and and uh, done a lot of things. But just a, a nice guy. You know, just again, hard nose, rough, and it wouldn't back down from anybody. Jack Gibbons, just a class act. Um, you know, known Jack since he was, a, you know, at Henry or at the Bryan Station. You know, we used to go watch him play, and just, uh, you know, just the nicest guy to do anything in the world for you. Mike Phillips. Mike was my roommate my senior year. They coach all kind of put a freshman with the with the senior and just kind of a big teddy bear. Uh, just real nice, real quiet. I know his freshman year he had a lot of lot of things going on that you know I, I don't know if he knew if this was the right place for him and he's thinking back maybe going back to Ohio. I know he's on the phone a lot to his parents and stuff, but uh, just a nice guy and just. Tragic, tragic that you know to lose him at such a young age here in the last a couple of years ago. James Lee, again, just as, as well as Jack, just a big teddy bear, nice. Um, it, it's funny, I, James's talent is, is, is so strong and so forth, but you, you just want him to to play hard all the time, and he, and, you know, but uh, just the nicest person to do anything in the world for. Dan Hall. Danny was a, a character cut up. It was always the kind of the jokester on the team when he was when he was there, and he was only there for that one year or two years, I think. But uh, and unfortunately, we lost him as well. And uh, down the down the road, Reggie Warford. Reggie, uh, he was you know the second African American to, to come to UK, and you know that that was a, a tough situation for him, and and. Uh, you know he's always been uh, so nice to me and my family and, and to him and he's been through so much you know in the last uh, 10 years with his health and he and I still we, we talk quite a bit now and uh, 
and uh, he's I'm just glad he's he's doing well but you know he got his opportunity after we graduated and did you know did a great job running the team playing when they won the NIT and uh, you know had, had a good career here but you know he he had a rough road to go here being the second uh, black to ever be here at the university Rick Grutz Rick um, Rick was a quiet uh, guy as well good you know good left-handed shooter um, uh, you know, only played with him, you know, that uh, uh, two years there, but uh, um, just just a nice guy. Didn't get didn't get to play a whole lot, but just but he was a good teammate. David Miller. David, I don't remember a whole lot, but he was a walk on uh, my freshman year, and you know, played with the varsity. And uh, uh, I see Dave every once in a while. <laughs> we, my wife and I, always go to Grey Goose with the kids before the ball game, and I'll see Dave in there a lot. And uh, say hi, but uh, yeah, good. You know, he was a good. He was a really hard nosed player. G.J. Smith. G.J. Just again, one of one of our classmates. You know, who's unfortunate we lost it uh, uh, back in 2012. But uh, you know, they always called him the Kentucky Long Rifle. Just the quiet guy that would you know wouldn't say two words to, especially negative about anybody, and uh, just a really great shooter. Ray Edelman. Ray, just uh, another quality guy. Uh, Ray, I kind of followed his footsteps, not, not going into being from the legal standpoint, but as far as from the business standpoint in, in school, everything that Ray took, I just followed his curriculum instead of going to my counselor. But uh, Ray's good friend, matter of fact, going to his son's wedding next weekend. Uh, Roger Wood. Roger, uh, he was only here one year or two when I was here. Uh, I just remember tall, you know, big 6'11", long, lanky guy, kind of see a little bit uncoordinated to a certain degree, but, uh, you know, just watching him play our freshman year, it just, uh, it's kind of unorthodox, to be honest with you. Larry Stamper. Stamps, uh, just, uh, he, 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 well, you know, he's gone through a lot too as well, when you, when you, as you get older, everybody does, but. Stamps was just, you know, just this big old guy, and he would say all this crazy stuff to us, and some things that happened with, with Stamper and I, he would always be hitting on me. And guys got laughed about this, but uh, we we end up getting fights. Just uh, Here I am six foot, and he's six seven, you know, weigh 230 or 240, and, and here I am. But I wouldn't back down from him, and he always said, you know, if I ever get in a fight, I, you know, I always want you on my side. And, <laughs> and I remember he hit me one time in the shire, and I guess got to him, I just turned around and co-cocked him and hit him, and then we got in a fight in the shire, and they had to break us up. But, you know, there's two guys <laughs> fighting in the shire. But anyway, but just a, just a good guy. I mean, you talk about anybody that, you know, play hard, and, and you know, he's a, he's a guard your Wendell Hudson's. He's a guard your Adrian Dantley's. He's, a, you know, I remember going to the Indiana game when I was in high school and watching him, you know, guard George McGinnis. I mean, that he, he had some big tasks to, to do at UK. Steve Lockmuller. Lockmuller, uh, he, he was the businessman out of, out of all the group that, that we had. He was always trying to figure out how to make money. Still is. And he still is, but... Uh, you know, he, he, he's another hard-nosed guy that wouldn't back down to anybody. And uh, and also a little bit of our jokester out of our group. And, you know, there's always – Coach Hall always tells that story about when he was mimicking uh, when he started for uh, uh, Grevy uh, about in the locker room and Coach Hall was on the other side of the – in the coach's locker room and he's, he's sitting there and Locke gets up on the on – the, 
the bench and starts, you know, hey, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kay Wood Lefford, and welcome to the Memorial Coliseum. And he's talking about Coach Hall says it great, but Locke talks about him getting ready to start in front of uh, Grevy and. And, and then all of a sudden, as soon as the game starts, you know, after about five seconds, Coach Hall calls timeouts to put Grevy back in and, you know, a lot of other – has said some other things. But it, it's a story Coach Hall tells wonderfully. Bob Guyat. Bob just uh, kind of a gentle giant. And, uh, you know, he's from uh, Ottawa, Illinois. And, and uh, I'd always take Bob home at Christmas time because we couldn't get home for, you know, the short period we had because we always played Notre Dame right after Christmas. And – and um, uh, just, you know, this one of the smartest guys I've ever known. I mean, you know, for what he's accomplished in his life as a, as a dentist, a doctor, and so forth. And, you know, he and going to Spain and playing basketball, he's, he's taken a lot with his life, as everybody has that we came in with. Everybody's had great careers. Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn's uh, uh, been a competitor to mine all my life. Um, He's back in Jeffersonville, and and again he he's, he's a little bit quiet now. But he, he as far as you know, always so proud about the IU game, especially in in Dayton when he had such a good game because he never did really uh, become the prolific scorer he did in high school here. Probably part of it was he couldn't see because <laughs> once we had our, our our physicals and he got an eye exam, he didn't know that he couldn't read the scoreboard. It was just everything was a blur, so he finally started wearing glasses and contacts. That might have helped him a little bit. But uh, but again, it, he he was he he had good ability and he and he played hard. What was that? Was the Indiana game the game that supposedly that he had maybe not been shooting very well? And Joe went up to him and said. If you miss the first five, you got to take the next five. He said that to both Jimmy Dan and and Kev, and Mike because uh, he wanted the guards to you know to, to be a big impact in that game because we knew with Benson and, and May and and Wilkinson and those so forth we'd have trouble inside Abernathy. Jim Anders. Jim, uh, again another gentle giant mm-hmm. that had all the talent and all the. Uh, ability in the world. I mean, from, from a jumping standpoint and a shooting standpoint, just a great touch, rebounded well. But you, you never knew when Jim was going to play. I mean, we'd always get up to him before a game, you, are you ready to play, Jim? You know, kind of get in his face to see if he's fired up because you just didn't know what was going to come out. And, and you know, if I had his ability in, in my heart, I'd, I'd, you know, I've been playing a long time in the NBA. And, and Jim, Jim, you know, is a super nice guy. And, and uh, like I say, just one of the most talented guys I ever played with. Ronnie Lyons. Right, the worm. <laughs> he was my roommate for two years and just a, just a crazy little guy. To, uh, and I, I still see him out at Keeneland every once in a while at the racetrack. He'll be out there. Um, wagering a little bit but uh, I don't know how the ball went in the basket because his shot was sideways it spun sideways but uh, but quick quickest release that I've ever seen and uh, uh, just just funny as can be Jimmy Dan Connor Jimmy Dan all right Mr. Basketball in Kentucky, you know, having that title here and playing at Kentucky, I can't imagine, you know, what what that's like. But he's taken it and, and done a, real, a great job of representing himself and the university. Um, you, Jimmy Dan couldn't jump two inches off the ground, but 
again, he was kind of like Stamper in the fact that he 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 would guard Wendell Hudson. He would you know if Stamper wasn't guarding him, he would he would take on some of the hardest you know defensive assignments. But uh, great passer, you know, good shooter. But like I say, it was more of a set shot than it was a, a jump shot. And we we used to tease him about that. But uh, but all when you talk about these guys, when you talk about Gayette and Flynn and the guys I came in with together and we're still good friends today, uh, you know, we're all proud of each other. We, we, we text each other. We, we, you know, especially during the season, we're, we're sitting there going back and forth, texting things, especially during the tournament. And, uh, and we get together at least once a year as, as a team, you know, Kevin Greedy. Well, we say jokester. I don't know what to say about him, but uh, never saw a shot he didn't like. And I was looking at something, some statistics, and I was noticed that our freshman year, he and I had the same assist amount. So that tells you how many how much he passes, zilch. <laughs> and so he would never take the ball out of bounds because he knew he wouldn't get it back. But um, no, he, he he's he's, a, he's an excellent shooter, great friend, great teammate. Uh, you know, went on and had a great career in the NBA and, um, you know, won a championship with Washington and probably probably my closest friend out of the group. You know, I, I still communicate with him a lot um, and uh, his his family. And, and, again, it's not only the players, but it was our families too that that's got together and, you know, uh, you know I, they know about my family. They know, you know, we all know about each other's family. It's not something – where after you leave the university, you kind of go your separate ways. You know, we're 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 still very very close. But uh, uh, you know, Kevin just but he he was a jokester and a prankster, and he would get in trouble with Coach Hall, left and right, and you know still be there the next day to to play as hard as he could. Let's go to a few of people that were very close. Part of the program, close to the program. Uh, let's talk, go talk a little bit about uh, Dr. Singletary. Dr. Singletary, just a true gentleman, and, and the fact that he was uh, always around the program and involved in the program, and he cared about you as, a, as an individual, as a student. Um, as I said about it, from the recruiting standpoint, you know, he was there during the recruitment standpoint. He was in the locker room after every game, thanking us for being there, thanking whether we won or lost. I mean, he would be there to to console us if if we didn't play well. So, and and, and his wife, you know, Gloria, but you know, was always uh, so nice to us. And you know, that's the thing. I mean, it's just uh, he was involved and and he wanted to see success. You know, for Coach Hall and the, and the team. Harry Lancaster. Harry was only there for for you know the couple years that I was there, and um, I always know we were scared to go out to see us. <laughs> you know, you never knew what you know he would say to you, but uh, uh, you know he he was um, he was that kind of a disciplinarian, what I understand, and he was always the guy that. Uh, well, actually, some of the guys went to because they didn't. They were afraid to go to Coach Rupp. You know, some of the older guys that I've heard from. But as we were, as I said, we were kind of scared to go into this office and ask for anything. Cliff Hagen. Cliff, uh, it's just again. I, I remember seeing Cliff play when he was with St. Louis Hawks. I'd go over to Louisville and see uh, a game against. Uh, they had had Philadelphia 76ers and Boston Celtics, St. Louis Hawks and Cincinnati Royals and see him play there. So when you think about Hall of Fame 
people because when I first got to Kentucky, I got a letter from him. He was working for Central Bank, wanted me to open up a checking account. But then he becomes our athletic director when we were there. So, you know, he he was very, I think, a, a good profile for Kentucky at that time, uh, you know, from an administrative standpoint and in, in, in the AD. Bill Kiley. Bill's just a wonderful <laughs> human being. Um, you know, when you talk about Mr. Wildcat, I mean, that was before he was Mr. Wildcat because he, he kind of took over when we were there from George Uco, even though he worked for George for a long time as when he come in from his mail uh, uh, route job. And my dad was a, a real route carrier for 35 years, so he and, he and uh, Bill kind of got along well and they would talk a lot. But Bill would just, you know, he was just so nice in the equipment. I mean, he was a guy you can go talk to. When you know, if you had a, a tough time with Coach Hall or something else, he was a guy you'd always go in and kind of you know open up your your heart to. And, and at that time, and uh, so he was a he was a good uh, segue for us to, to kind of unload on on how we were feeling or about things in life. Doctor V. A. Jackson. Doctor Jackson, I just always remember he and his wife about the. Down in Mississippi, when we get the Mississippi mud pie down at the Holiday Inn, and I know he he got the he ended up going in and getting the the uh, recipe for that, you know. But again, he would take care of us. I mean, uh, you know, he said, "Hey, Doctor J, you know, we need this, we need that." I mean, if you had a cold, you can go. He's going out to his office on Bryan Station Road and get something. He'd have you go into the back uh, back door if you needed to get a shot or something like that. So, you know, he always took care of us. He was just a, a real gentleman. T.O. Plain. T.O., he, he did some of the initial recruiting with on me uh, when I was uh, in high school and, and just a, a really nice guy. And he was only here that one year uh, before he left uh, when I got here, but just a, a, a true gentleman. Lynn Nance. Lynn, um, got to know Lynn my freshman year. He was an NCAA investigator. And so after all of us had signed, um, there was an issue about when Guyette, Flynn and I picked Guyette up at the airport in Louisville. And at some time that, there's nothing wrong with that, but we had already signed. So I know that the NCAA investigated us and Lynn was the the NCAA investigator at the time, and I just remember him talking to us in this room and asking us, you know, that was my first kind of real drilling where you got asked, you know, the same question about four to five times different ways, but uh, but, a, but a real nice guy. I, I just remember when he, uh, after he got here, um, after I got out of school, he said, if you're interested in coaching, let me know, you know, but. Uh, Leonard Hamilton. Leonard um I think it was one of the best moves that Coach Hall ever did with hiring Leonard. And and the one thing that about Leonard, you know, here at the university, I mean, you know, naturally ESPN, you didn't have all the, uh, you know, Oscar Combs shows and different things where you had the media that's really, you know, puts you under the microscope. We didn't have that. I mean, you know, you had the Herald Leader, you might have got an interview, you're on TV maybe three times a year, you're on delayed broadcasts, but it wasn't the 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 microscope that you're you're under now, and Leonard was able to for us to be normal students and 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 people. He he was able that some of the older guys, if we wanted to go to a bar, he said, "All right, you can go to a bar." He said, "But if you, I'm gonna be out there looking around." He said, "If you have a drink in your hand, you're gonna be suspended." 
but he able to go to you can go to the library and dance or something like that. I mean, he just able to get out and and be more of a of a student, and that that gave us a kind of a big sigh of relief, especially after our junior year when we were thirteen and thirteen. He just he related to us as a player. He was a guy you can go talk to. Dick Parsons. Um, as, as I said before, he, he's one of the nicest guys that I've ever met in, in athletics. He and Bill Olson at UofL. And, and Coach Parsons, I, I, I still talk with him today. Um, you know, Coach Hall offered me a job back in the 80s uh, when, Jim ha- or when Joe Dean left. And I thought long and hard about it. I'd been working in the co-industry for about 10 years. Uh, Lindsay, my first uh, child, was just born. And my wife and I, I remember we went out on the, uh, took a trip out in, the, in you know in the country and with a legal pad with the pros and cons and stuff like that. And and, and one of my things I talked to Coach uh, Parsons for about four hours about that. And he said there was nothing more I'd like to see you take that job. He said, but it's a tough job, you know the the demands and so forth. And back then, you know, he said I never saw my kids grow up. And he said, when I would come in at night, they would, it'd be two in the morning, and then I'd sleep in, and my kids would be off to school. He said, and I only saw them like three days during the month of December. So that, that with my daughter just being born, my first child, I kind of that kind of weighed on me, and that, and I didn't really have any desire to get into head coaching. So if Coach Hall had left, and he and he stayed two more years after that, so this was eighty three, eighty four, would been my first year. And uh, Coach Hall said he signed a five year contract, but I can't guarantee I'm gonna stay. And he ended up, you know, retiring a few years later. But, uh, but maybe, at, maybe after that Georgetown game, maybe <laughs> shooting thirteen percent might have just done him in. Ain't off up. Well, um, again, I felt like it was a god, you know, from the, from the basketball sense, and and I was so happy to come here. I, I wanted to come to Kentucky. I mean, it, it was it was a dream of mine. I got a picture of me in front of the Coliseum when I was twelve years old. You know that. Uh, uh, with a letter jacket on, I, I listened to Kentucky basketball. I had Cotton Nash was my first idol. Louis Dampier was my second idol. It, it just, you know, so I, I related to Kentucky basketball. So when I, when I had that opportunity to come, it was about being here for Coach Rupp or being here on that, being a part of this program. And, 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 and being able to experience at least one year with him was really special. To, to see how he thought and how he did things and and uh, you know it, it, he's an icon. I mean, it's just it was really it's really neat. Joe B. Hall. Nobody's done a better job than Coach Hall of following a legend. I mean, you you look what he's he did in the 13 years and in the, the SEC championships, the players he recruited. He was always an excellent recruiter, but he's a disciplinarian. But as you go through life, you, you you do the same things that he taught you, you know, as, as a parent. Um, I think the world of him. Um, probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. Um, you know, at Kentucky. Um, I, I see more now, and it's funny to um, – because when we were here, I mean, when you're 18 years old, you think, gosh, uh, um, you know, this guy's tough, you know, you, you know, and everything you do. And, and he had so much pressure on him coming in after Coach Rupp. And he, he turned around and put some of that pressure on us. And, and you know, not 
not that it affected us, but it did. I mean, you 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 had the pressure because you know he needed to succeed, and we wanted to succeed too, and want him to succeed. But we would practice for three and four hours sometimes our sophomore junior years, and you know people get fatigue injuries and things like that. But he was trying to teach, and he wanted to make sure you know they were just doing the right thing. But again, as I said, and we used to laugh when we come over to. Um, practice like when it would be snowing during our Christmas holiday we'd do two a days and we'd be so oh, the weather outside is delightful the gym is so frightful and then let him bitch let him bitch let him bitch <laughs> we would sing this going over there but uh, but again as as you grow up and, and then like say you offer me a job you know as, as a as a, as an assistant coach, which you know I'm very flattered because you don't get that opportunity at, at a place to come in at Kentucky. I went on some recruiting trips with him uh, after I got out of school because at that time you could; it wasn't an illegal thing to do. Um, but uh, and he would say, Jerry said, "Why did you all just drive me so crazy?" And I said, "Coach, you drove us crazy." But you know, he's so relaxed now, and, and it, it's just so good to see him living his life the way he is and being so successful. He lived Kentucky basketball. He's from Cynthia. He played here. He understands Kentucky basketball, as, as Coach Cal does. I mean, he didn't play here, but he understands the history and the importance of it from a family standpoint. And I can't say that all the coaches have been here in the last uh, thirty years have done that. <laughs> and uh, um, and I think you know, like I say, he's a true gentleman. And when you see him out today, I see him out at Windy Corner for breakfast every once in a while after church sometimes, and I see him some other places. And, you know, he, he's just, you know, he'd do anything in the world for any of his players, and we would do anything for him. Your favorite memory of your four years at Kentucky? Well, signing is the first thing, because, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that, that starts your career. I think um, naturally our freshman year we had a great time, but Indiana game and in, 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 uh, being from Indiana and, and beating Indiana that time because we'd, we'd struggled against Indiana. You can see the, the records there. We, we didn't beat them very often and, uh, for that game, and it, it's nothing personal against any player there because all of them are good friends. Kent Benson, I helped try to recruit him here. Steve Green, I've known. You know, it's just. All that coach Knight's always been so nice to me, so it wasn't personal. But being from Indiana and beating Indiana, and you know, hearing everything now, my son-in-law uh, is a big Indiana fan. So here we got my grandson that uh, he dresses up in these little red and white striped pants, and then my daughter dressing up in blue and white striped pants, or all Kentucky stuff. So we we're having a, a family uh, feud <laughs> here with my daughter, but I think we'll win out since he's here, and I've already taken him to you know, Kentucky games and, you know, Matthew can't take him to uh, Indiana games, but, uh, but uh, beating Indiana is really special. How would you like for people you grew up with, the fans that you entertain, the friends that you got, how would you like to be remembered as? Well, I, I think from, from playing, um, I played hard. Um, you know, I was pretty aggressive and uh, hustled a lot. Um, and that changed from high school because I knew what I was getting into. So I had to ha take a role and accept that role. So I think, you know, doing that and, and being honest and, and friendly. I mean, I, I, stayed in, I stayed in Lexington because I love it here. I love the university and I enjoy, 
you know, being a part of it and, and being a part of the history of Kentucky basketball is really special. And, and hopefully that, you know, I've never done anything that would disappoint anybody. You've been listening to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs. All episodes of Conversations can be listened to on multiple platforms. That includes online and on your mobile device. OscarCombs.com is one way you can listen. And for your mobile device, search for at Wildcat News, both in iTunes and the Google Play Store. And subscribe for automatic downloads of every episode. When it comes to Oscar on Twitter, he's not hard to find. At Wildcat News will keep you up to date on everything going on with the cats. I'm Bo Robinson, and our thanks goes to Jerry Hale for joining us. And our thanks goes to you for listening to Conversations with Oscar Combs, presented by Rafferty's and Double Dogs. And as always, go Big Blue.